Welcome to the third Mac podcast where we talk about business, entrepreneurship, and some real estate. Today, the guest I have on is the love of my life. She has taught me everything I knew today and how I've gotten to where I am today. Um, guys, this is none other than Chelsea Kuhn, also known as my wife. Hi. <laughs> we had a uh, we had a shot of tequila before this just to loosen yeah. up Chelsea, and uh, it was uh, much needed. So, Chelsea, this is a conversation, and we'll, we'll keep it that way. Chelsea doesn't like cameras, but she's getting out of her comfort zone, which is a lot what we talk about on this podcast. So, Chelsea, more or less tell me a little bit where I know your story, but, like, where did you start in life? Where did you grow up? Where did you like go to school? Where did you go to college? Just kind of tell us like your little bit of background. All of it. Tell us anything okay. we need to know. Just start at the beginning. Where did you grow up in? What town? I know um, you love your town. Yeah. I grew up in East Grand Forks, Minnesota. So haven't moved too far. Um, uh, I grew up, you know, playing sports. I was into basketball, volleyball, all the things. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up, so um, I went to a college to play volleyball for a couple of, couple of years. Tell us about that town. Figure things out. So that town, um, I went to NDSCS in it's Wapaton, North Dakota. Wapaton. Um, we had to create our own fun. We'll just say that. Um, it was good, though. I was preoccupied by volleyball and um, made a lot of friendships there with my teammates so it was a good experience um I knew I wanted to go into something business I just didn't know what so um I went I came back home went to UND um lived in Grand Forks had some roommates um decided to major in marketing just because I like that part of business I guess I've always kind of been like a creative person, creative mm -hmm. thinker. So I thought that was maybe the best avenue. I really wanted to go into interior design was like my, oh, yeah. my goal that I, yeah. I wanted to somehow get to. But um, it did some research as far as getting into interior design school, what that meant. It was like a two-year program. Um, the way they made it sound was you're basically working in like furniture stores for the first three years until you can. In marketing? Know. Like that's what they tell you? Um, interior design. Or interior design, yes. Yeah. So oh, I, I, I kind of yeah. had bigger dreams than working at a furniture store. So I decided not to go that route and to go into something like marketing business so that I could. So maybe... how did that opportunity look different for you? What do you mean? Like, so you didn't want to go work at the furniture store. Or be the marketer for the furniture. You wanted. You saw more opportunity on the business side. On the business I, side, yeah. Okay. I knew. So, so growing up, my dad owned a business. Okay. And so I did a lot of like background stuff for him. What kind of business was that? Um, he owned Stones Mobile Radio. Okay. Um, and a lot of people were like, "You should just go work for him and you know take over that business." I that wasn't like. Wait a minute, Stones Mobile Radio. That yeah. sounds like. Ancient. Like mobile radios for like farmers. Like these cell phones out municipal. of the eighties. Okay, okay. Cops, CB yep. radios. Yep. Got it. Got it. Schools. Okay. They yeah. Security. Got it. Um, I liked being in the business side of that. I didn't mm -hmm. like necessarily that 
type of business, I guess. So, okay. um, I knew I wanted to, whatever I was going to end up in, I, I had to have some like passion for. So, um, but anyways, it was good. I interned there in the summers, um, during, um, like Christmas break, I would go work for them, stuff like that. Um, actually my first job ever, um, in high school was I used to mow lawns. I had my own mowing lawn business. Whoa. So what age are we now? So we're back. Now we're back at the beginning, which is good. So, I want you to circle back. Yeah. To the I'm kind of jumping around. Yeah. So yeah, no, that fine. was, let's talk um, about the lawn mowing business. So that was, cause this seems very creative in high school. <laughs> yeah. So I, I played sports. So during the school year, you know, my parents didn't make me get a job or anything. I was oh. busy doing sports. But in the summers, I had more time off. I had to get a job. That's when I would make Wait, why did you have to get a job? Well, I needed some spending money for the year. All right, all right. So? And I did, my parents didn't allow me to just sit around all day in okay. the summer. Okay. I so, like that. You want to generate some money? Yeah. So um, my brother had been doing some had like kind of a lawn mowing business and yeah. I kind of took that over for him. Okay. So that was kind of my, my gig in high school was mowing lawns. And I would, I would send out invoices at the end of each month and wait a minute. So you ran this business? Why did, why didn't mm -hmm. I know this? Mm -hmm. why, this why? was my first job. Jeez. See, that's why I just followed her on the way up on the lawn mowing. Um, so wait a minute. So you weren't paid hourly. No. You were paid per lawn. Per lawn. Mm -hmm. That's like the it. number one place you can start, lawn. And I loved it because I could just work my own hours. If you know me, I love to sleep in, and I love my sleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we all do. I mean, we, yeah. who wants to get so up So I could, in the summers, I could sleep in, you know, go do my workouts for, you know, the sports I was in. I could work around that schedule sure. yep. with my lawn mowing. Got it. Yeah. Didn't hinder your other stuff you were right. going to do. That was more important to me at that the time. That was more important. You could sleep in, wait till it gets hot, then go do it mm -hmm. instead of like hit it in the morning. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So tell me more like, okay, so you went to a two-year school. Let's circle back around mm -hmm. that because now we're out of high school. Yeah. Why, why did you pick Wapton over like just going straight to the university? So I just, I didn't know what I wanted to go into. Um, I was, I didn't want to just jump into a program and then have to switch. And, and at, at East Grand Forks, you could take a lot of, um, college credits. So I was like well into already freshman year. Oh college. yeah. Yep. So I would have had to pick a program to be in, you know, well into my freshman year. Yep. And I really, I had no idea. So, and I, I still wanted to play volleyball. So it was kind of a, let me just get all my, you know, my credits done for my freshman and sophomore year, play volleyball. And then I knew like at that two year mark, I would have to actually figure out what you wanted what to I wanted to do. So was it a, was it a way for you to procrastinate for a couple of years and just play sports? Kind of. Okay. Okay, well, I mean, at least that's admitted, and yeah. that you're past the 90% already. Well, and... Because then you entered, you actually went longer to procrastinate at a four-year college, but then you kind of knew what you wanted to do as well. Right. So I think that... Yeah, some of the credits when I transferred over didn't transfer, so then I did have to take a few more 
um, like freshman credits when I was a yeah. junior. Okay. <laughs> which was weird, but um, at least I had a focus and I knew what I was, I knew what my goal was then. So you that. shifted from the end of Wapton to entering University of North Dakota. Did you, you knew then it was a shift from the, the, the interior decorating career to a marketing career? Yeah. You knew at that point? Yeah, because in my sophomore year when I was had to make the decision, you know, what school I wanted to go to next, I did apply to some interior design schools. Um, but the more, like I said, the more research I did on kind of you, what those first five years out of school look like mm-hmm. and how to get to, like, actually being successful as an interior designer... It was a really long road. And also, um, I realized, too, I would have to live in probably a bigger city to make that um, job work. And I I was still, like, I've always liked small-town living, so I knew I kind of wanted to end up in a small town. So it was just starting to not make a lot of sense to go that route. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I know you're competitive. I know you went to college. Did you play any sports after Wapton? No. Is that where it ended? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you ended sports there. How were you? You were talking about you were making some money in mm-hmm. high school. I would imagine at this time, this is three, four years later, while you're entering university or kind of exiting, you weren't mowing lawns still? Or did you have that <laughs> business? No. Okay. Um, actually, my first few years that when I would come back um, to live at home, during college, it must have been my freshman and sophomore year, I did work for, like, a lawn mowing company. Oh, okay. Because I, I enjoyed it. Like, I liked being outside. I liked the physical work of it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, myself and one of my best friends, we, we were the two girls on the lawn mowing crew. <laughs> so, were you the best workers? I think we were. Did you outdo the boys? We were the ones that had to do the push mowing, and they would sit on the little riders all day, and we would... Oh, yeah. Work our asses off, push yeah. mowing. Yeah, yeah, the asshole. You got to run the weed whackers and yep. stuff like that yeah. and do all, like, the hard work. The hard stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's funny. Um, I actually see that a lot today. Yeah, they would make us girls do that. So how else did you generate revenue then in college? Like, how did you make, how did you get by? So then I, I became a waitress. Oh. So that's, again, you're working on tips. You were never really working mm-hmm. the hourly job. Um, no, not right away. I... I was a waitress at a restaurant in North Dakota, which they can't pay you full, like, minimum wage because they count your tips. So you end up making, like, 2 or $3 an hour Oh, is your paycheck, and then what you're actually taking home is your tips. Wow. So how much? So my paychecks would be, like, 50 bucks. And this is, but like, then, two weeks of work. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But then... It's not enough. But then... But you'd be making cash tips okay um so i did that one year and then i went over and worked at a restaurant in east grand forks which is minnesota and they pay you full minimum wage plus tips wow so what what does that look like compared so then getting paid an hour like at that time it was somewhere around like seven or eight dollars an hour it's almost like triple (laughs) just just and and just so you know where we're at it's literally on the border of north dakota Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. Yep, so. So, like, everyone's goal as a waitress or a waiter or a bartender was to work in Minnesota, but there was only so many restaurants. 
Gotcha. And so I finally got into like the good restaurant in Minnesota so I could make more an hour. Wow. But I did. I mean, I would I would leave. I mean, a night I would make 120 bucks in tips easy. And that's just working, you know, for four or five hours probably. Well, the harder you work, the longer I'm sure you're making more money. Yeah. You're not necessarily an hourly employee. You're more or less a commission yeah. or harder you work, the more you make type yeah. thing, which yeah. is, an, I think, an awesome job to learn from because you kind of learn, you kind of drive your own destiny, what your paycheck yeah. is going to be. Yeah. I almost think everyone should work in, like, the restaurant biz at some point in their life. Like, yeah. that customer service, just how you treat people, how other people treat you. Yes. Um. I just, yeah, I see everything so much differently after working in the restaurant. That That is, I think anyone in college should be a server. Mm-hmm. Um, probably good money for it's the amount money, of time yeah. you put in. Um, you learn service, the service industry, you know how to really You have to treat people. people differently. Yep. So, you know. Good day, bad day, doesn't matter yep. what days Chelsea's having. Yeah. You got you to gotta be always happy. Always happy, always accommodating, industry. doesn't matter how they're treating you. I remember one time there was a table, it was a big group, and there was this older gentleman, and he kept asking me over and over again for the same things. Like, he would ask me for, like, iced tea, and I would bring him his iced tea, and then I'd come back, and he would ask me for it again. But then he would get mad. The iced tea? Yes, and I was like, I brought that to you already. And then he would ask for stew, and then he kept would he would get mad at me for like bringing him the wrong thing and finally his son pulled me aside and he said you know just you have to like be very patient with him because he has alzheimer's and he doesn't remember like what he ordered what, he ordered, what happened five but you always ago. knew because he's always there but i didn't know that right away i thought this oh. old guy was just being an, a jerk wow um so then it was like oh okay i had to just go up to him with a smile every time even though he was yelling at me basically for not doing the right thing. So how hard was that? Like, what did you learn out of that? Well, you just have to treat each person differently in different circumstances. And Mm -hmm. um, you kind of have to just like swallow and just move on and like, don't, you you know, you can't take everything like someone's coming at you. You just put a smile on your face. And um, I think that really helps. Like some people in business, like different people are managed in different ways. Um, you serve people and sometimes you just have to bite your tongue in business. It's, right. The customer's always right. Exactly. No matter what. Yeah. I think in the service industry, it's that that's, times five. Yeah. Um, so that's, that is like a key thing in business. Like the customer is always right. And if you can just provide them enough value, they, they love you to death and they'll yeah. always be back. So, yeah. Um, okay. That's awesome. I, uh, um, you know, so so what was your family like? Let's just talk about overall, you know, as you grew up, because we both have very different paths. Most people here know my story. They don't know your story. Mm-hmm. What kind of family household did you grow up in? What would you what would you name it? How would you feel it? I, I usually uh, use a term called Pleasantville. Yeah. Um, because mine was very uh, dysfunctionalville. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize mine was Pleasantville until you started, like, telling me that. But I would say my life growing up was just very normal. Like, nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, we, it was just myself and my older brother. Um, you know, we 
we weren't rich, we weren't poor, we were just very like medium. Everything was very like medium, normal. Yeah. Um, we did, we went on family trips when we could. We did a lot of like camping in the summer. Um, yeah. Both my parents worked eight to five jobs, and that's like growing up. It was like we were taught like go to school, get a good job. That's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, save up for retirement, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, so go to school, get a job, lots of education. Must. Work your way to the climb. Must climb go to college. Must graduate from college um, to be successful. That's yeah. kind of what I was taught. Um, I mean, my parents were are always supportive in anything that mm-hmm. I do, but... Um, yeah, I would say it, it was very just normal Pleasantville. Like yeah. there was nothing extravagant that we did, nothing. Yeah. Um, well, us in the lowers class, we call you the Joneses. You know, that's uh, when I grew up in a trailer park, for those <laughs> who don't know. But it's like, you know, we we were just in a lower class mentality. Dad was in construction. Mom was um, unemployed or had a full-time job somewhere doing, um, you know, lower class type work. But... You know, we always had a lot of dysfunctions, always a lot of, not stability. It sounded like you are, like, you know, the people in the lower class sometimes just, they don't have stability. Yeah. And then people in the middle class usually have really good stability. Oh, yeah. But you follow, um, we have a theme on follow the herd. You just kind of follow the path as it should be to most people. And it's probably the most comfortable path. Yeah. Because you had to, like, I think you were talking about moving to the big city. As an interior decorator, you need to be in mm-hmm. L.A. or wherever and doing these incredible things. Um, you know, that was uncomfortable. I think you, you, you like yeah. the small town. Yeah. And so that kind of, to put it, now you could be an interior decorator in HGTV and we wouldn't have this conversation today. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. Yeah. You, you kept in the common path. So yeah. I think, I think it's, it's, it's all education. And, and so you had a very, very medium household very I, I, your parents are phenomenal people mm-hmm. yeah. um i look up to them you know they're incredible so yeah um let's uh let's move the venture here into how did you meet me what uh what what led you into uh uh ladies night on sledsters of i'm not sure what day um it also seemed to sync up with my softball day yeah um so i'm sharing a little bit of the story but let's tell the story from chelsea's perspective Oh. And we do have a little tequila in us, so we might be very open. <laughs> um, yes, it was ladies' night and softball night. I think it was like a Thursday night, maybe. And, oh, yeah, for sure, Thursday yeah. night. Softball night. Um, I had just graduated from college, and I think you were still in college. Um, yeah, I was out with my friends, and you were out after a softball game. And, yes, we were at Sledsters. I was just there to have a couple drinks with my friends. I had to work the next morning, so it wasn't anything crazy. And here is uh, Mark and his softball team at the bar. I think you guys are playing pool. I don't know. Um, Pretty much being awesome. Yeah. As we like to thought in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so here I am with couple of my girlfriends sitting at a table and I think you come up and I think your words were is this seat taken and you just oh. plop yourself down 
before we could even say like, yeah, that's you's taken. Was that my pickup line? I think it was. I don't remember even. Yeah, it's not even it clear was. to me. And then you just start talking. I think you had had quite a few drinks in you by at that point. I, to be honest, had like zero to no interest in you because you weren't like my type, like okay. how you were dressed and stuff. It was just the skater shoes, oh. the earrings, like dirty softball player. It was like. Mm. Kind of smell like beer. Yeah, you kind of smelled funny. Um, but you were very friendly. You were very, like, open. You were telling us, like, your whole life story. And I was, I remember looking at my friend, like, that's weird. He's sharing all this stuff with us right now. <laughs> I wanted to get to know you guys, you know. Uh, um, I think you were with a couple friends. Yeah. And then I think some of your friends ended up leaving, going to another bar. So then you were kind of stuck with us. So then... You asked if you could just, like, hang out with us, follow us to the next bar. I know you like to say, like, that didn't happen, but I'm pretty sure that happened. I thought, I thought, I thought the story went like, here, Mark, you should come with us. No, it I was. Thought, I thought I remember No, that. your friends left you, and then you were like, oh, can I hang out with you guys? Well, because so, I didn't have any friends. They left you, yeah. I needed a friend. So you followed us to the next few bars, and I don't know. I think we exchanged numbers, and... Um, at that point, I was still, like, kind of weirded out by your skater shoes. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was pretty good looking back in the day. I, um, had, I had earrings. Yeah. Or not, earrings. Yeah. Still got the holes. I, my girls can get them in there still today. So. Yeah. But um, after that night, you kept texting me and calling me, asking me out on a date. And um, at first, I, I think I declined quite a few times. And then you were very persistent, and you kept asking. And my roommate, I was talking to her, and she said, just go. Like, what is, you know, what's what's it going to hurt? You get a free meal out of it. So I finally agreed. A free meal out of it? I love that. <laughs> and we're in college, so, like, why not? So I agreed to a date, and then you picked me up in your white, shiny truck, and your hair was all gelled, and you looked all nice, and you were so nervous. Did I have skater shoes on? I don't know if you had your skater shoes on that Probably night. Probably Crocs, something more classy. Yeah. Um, I think you had flip-flops on because it was summer. Oh, it's more classy. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we, we actually hit it off then that night. So I would, I like to say it was like love at second sight, like the first, the first night I was yeah. not impressed. Yeah, I think you're getting more honest now. <laughs> You know, I saw a challenge in front of me is basically when I saw you with blurry vision. Yeah. And, uh, um. Is that how you see it? How um, see yeah, but I remember myself a lot better looking, you know, <laughs> in my own You were cute. Like, I, I didn't say anything about that. It was just, like, what you're wearing and. I could probably, you know, it's after softball. You were talking a lot that first night and I was kind of annoyed. Like, yeah. man, he talks a lot. Yeah, I don't find myself as a talker, but apparently I land in a social-type atmosphere. I yeah. like to talk. Um, okay, yeah, so um, so what what changed your mind? Because I, I, remember, I remember texting you, and I don't know that it was, like, a lot, but maybe you'll say it a lot. Um, it was like you just didn't respond, so then I was <laughs> like, all right. Well, you know, I... You know, hey, you know, she might be out of my league. You know, it's fine. You know, it's like, but, you know, I have some grit to me, and I like to, like, you know, 
what you can't you have. You were persistent. You go, yeah. yeah. And, and I'd say most people call me persistent today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of stayed after it. Yeah. Um, and then tried not to screw it up the second time. That's the way I'd have viewed it. Um, but yeah, you really didn't answer my calls or any of my text messages. So yeah. I just stayed after it. <laughs> you know, you, it's kind of like a real estate deal. You just kind of got to keep chasing it if you want it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but okay, well, um, so we met. We did. We, you finally are like, he's the one, he's the dream, <laughs> he's my prince come true. I knew, I know all the things that went through your head. Yeah. Probably none of those. But what, what happened then? We just walk us um, kind of through how we, we met and then. I don't know. I think after that first date, we just, um, we just connected and I don't know, we. I don't think there was many days that we spent apart or didn't see each other after that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say that's true. Um, you know, I, I think at one point I went to your lake and met your family and thought, what the hell is happening? Now, coming from very normal, bringing it into the disruptville yeah. and dysfunctionalville. It was very, my eyes were like, holy, okay. This, I didn't know that there was, like, families like yours out there. I mean, I knew there was, but I had never, like, been in that, like, dysfunction. Yeah. Well, you know, like, we have supper, and then there's just trays. You pull up next to your lazy boy, yeah, and you just we eat at the dinner that. table. And yeah. you just kind of, like, like, figure out, cut your steak right yeah. there while watching your, like, favorite episode of, like, Simpsons or whatever. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's like how we live life. That was great. It was great. Um, it was, uh, we loved it. Yeah. So that was very, like, eye-opener for me. But you, I don't know, you just, I always seen, like, you had a very big heart. And you you still cared about your family. You cared about every single person that you talked to, that you met. So I could I could see past some of the maybe things that people would maybe run from. I could, I could see past that. And I knew... Um, I could see too, like you were very like determined. You're a hard worker right away. Um, I could see that in, you know, you were so proud that you did construction and you worked for your dad and like you were able to pay for your truck and you paid for all this. And I was like, wow, like I don't pay for anything. <laughs> I pay for rent. <laughs> pay for rent. Yeah, yep. it's a lot um, of different lifestyle. Yep. Um, so I liked, I really liked that about you too. Um, and yeah, I. I was able to look past just kind of all that other stuff that I didn't know even existed in the world. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think we were engaged within, like, nine months of meeting each other. Yeah. Yeah. I'd Ten say months. That, I'd say that's true. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so we were young, but I don't know. I think we both kind of knew where we wanted to go in life. and. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree. Mm-hmm. All right. So we are nine months into meeting each other. What did you learn in nine months since we <laughs> hit it off? What did you learn from where you were at, Normalville, to kind of like how my mentality is? Like, what it, you know, I was paying for my own things, and we were very different. Yeah. So what did you, what did you learn? Oh, man. Like... You know, I know, like, I think well, when I met you, you didn't even know what, like, car insurance. Like, I think you knew about it. 
Yeah. But it wasn't really a thing or like licensing a car or like anything to do with a car. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I wouldn't say I was like sheltered, but I was very much like taken care of. So sheltered. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know any different. Like I, you would always say, you know, like, oh my gosh, you don't even know how to do this. Like no one ever taught me that. So you weren't I, exposed. No. So it wasn't my fault. Like yeah. I didn't know. Um, I mean, yeah, there was things that I had to pay for and, like, I worked for. And if I wanted that, I had to pay for it. But um, some of, like, things you just needed, my, you know, my parents did help me out with that. So um, seeing how you lived your life, it was very, like, if you wanted it, you had to figure out a way to get it. And I like that about you. I feel mm -hmm. like um, I think the reason why you and I work so well is because, like, we complement each other like that. Mm -hmm. Um but um, as far as what I learned, um, I don't know. I mean, there was just so many things. I... Well, I think like you were talking about it. I mean, basically, we, you learned how to basically, I think, and I think your parents should thank me in the first year. probably really <laughs> got them off their checking account and got you into your own checking account. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. You were very like... Well, if, you know, if you wanted to have something or you want to do something, you just go do it. Go get it. And to me, it was like, that's scary. Like, I don't want to do that, you know. Um, I, I liked being in my comfort zone. You definitely like like not being in your comfort zone. Um, and so now, like, looking back, I mean, I'm definitely glad, like, we've, you know, for us, even, like, buying our first house, it was, like, that was very much, like, not in my plan to do that at a young age. Like, no, I do not want to be responsible for this. Like, I think, too, it's, like, the responsibility thing. Like, I don't want to have to be responsible for some of this stuff. Yeah, which right. is most people today. That's yeah. why we're renters. Right. And, um, but you, you know, it was, there was no one holding your hand, no one, you know, guiding you. It was, you're guiding yourself and you're, you know... So that was very, it was very different for me, but um, it was, you made me feel safe though doing it. Like if you said like, no, we can buy a house and it'll be, you know, we just have to come up with this amount of money and we can, if we each make this, it was like, you had a thought process to how to get there and it was, it, that made me comfortable. Yeah. Wait on that very second. Because I know you had, because Chelsea was kind of my sugar mama when I met her. I was. She had a full-time job, and she had money in her savings. Mm -hmm. So here Mark's mind goes, has zero money. Um, yeah, I was, and, I was uh, the breadwinner. No job. I worked for my dad uh, when we met. And so um, I think at that point, too, I actually butt heads with my dad, and I actually got a W-2 job testing yeah. for a company while we met, and I was going to college, and you were working full-time, yeah. but... I remember, I don't remember the certain amount you had in your checking. I think it was like four or five grand. I'm like, holy crap. In my like, savings? Yeah. Yeah, I was like trying to build it up. And I think yeah. I had close to like five or six grand on my savings. Yep. And and then you owned a car. I yeah. believe that we, it was paid for through your parents. <laughs> so bless their soul, I still own today. Um, but we traded that car. We leased a car pulled out the cash out of that car mm -hmm. to really get into this house. Is that, I think, how we ended up? Because then I told you, I told you, I said, 
this is in 08-09, like real estate was dead. Even in North Dakota, it was quiet. But the government came out with a $7,000. $8,000. First-time homebuyer. Yes, we got a house that we felt at a really good price. It wasn't old because Chelsea doesn't like old. Um, She likes to be taken care of. And I think we traded that car. I don't know if it all happened at that same time. Yeah. Um, Yes, it happened all at the same time. We got engaged. (laughs) Um, We traded my car in. To generate revenue. Yeah. Leased a brand new car. Leased a brand new car, and we bought a house all at the same time. And, I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure my parents were about to have a heart attack. Like, they were not ready for all this. Um, a nice Catholic girl should be married. Yeah. Um, um, kind of. So, but then when we bought the house, it was what kind of, like, pushed us into doing it was the first-time homebuyer incentive because it was ending. And mm-hmm. so if you qualified for this, they literally send you an eight thousand dollar check, yeah. and it's just in your checking. So I we, that. yeah. So I think since we weren't married, like you got four grand, I got four grand. Yeah. Yep. And then we used some of my savings to for the down payment. Yeah, I don't. I think we still had like we actually had more money after we bought the house. Yeah. Because we planned it right. Right. We and should. we knew like with the money we'd be getting back, we'd have no issues with like the first few payments. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I. I because I, I remember, maybe you remember vaguely, but I, I think we closed on the house, moved in, and then got fired from my job. Yep. And I called you. I was yep. nervous to call you, but I was also not nervous for some reason. Well. I, don't, I can't remember what went through your head when I called you. I don't you. think you got fired. I think you I mean, I was quit trying to get fired or something. Yeah, probably. I would say that's yeah. fair. So, yeah, at that point... Um, yeah, it was really close to when we were doing all this other things, getting engaged, buying the house, new car, payment. And then you were still going to school, um, driving to NDSU for a construction management oh, degree. Oh, yeah, yeah, construction um, I was working my little 8 to 5 marketing job that, I yeah. mean, wasn't making a ton of money, but... Um, and then, yeah, you called me and you said, there was swear words involved, but you basically said, I'm done. I'm done there. I'm not working there anymore. And then I think at that point you decided you're not going to school anymore either. Yes. I, I made a drastic Very. decision. A couple of drastic And it was like all in one phone call and I was in the basement of my, my workplace and I said, no, like tell them you want the job back. Like you can't do that. We can't live off my little, I think I was making like 12 or $13 an hour. Yeah, it wasn't much. Um, I said, I can't carry us with this job and mm-hmm. a new house, you know. Um, and you just said, nope, I'll figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. I got some, you know, I'll pour some concrete for some people. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Yeah. That, yeah, that's what you does. Yeah. And, yeah, at that point I thought, okay. I don't know. Like, this is a turning point for me. Like, I can either stay with this guy or... Oh, yeah, we're not married yet either. No. I could either stay with this guy or I can get out of this because this is crazy. Um, so. Yeah. From there, what happened after that? From um, your perspective. So, 
We got the house. I'm fired from my job. I'm home. Yeah, you're home. And I think you just like picked up a few jobs here and there that first summer. I made some calls. I installed a fart fan, job number one. Yeah, I mean, it was so many just Called your dad. He had some employees. Yeah. Um, and then... Just started at zero money coming in. You just start right. and, and, getting after it. There and was no plan. you had also, like, cut off from your dad. Like, you weren't going back to work for him. Like, mm -hmm. that was the end. So it was like, you couldn't go back to work for him either. Yeah. Um, so you were kind of... It was like do or die. Like, you just had to figure it out. And... Um, I think you just kept picking up a few jobs here and there, and then we decided, okay, if you're going to keep doing this, like, we got to, like, what's your company name? Like, what's your construction name going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, so then me being the marketer, I was like, we have to have a logo, and we have to have letterhead, and we have to, yeah. our invoices all have to look the same, and... <laughs> yeah. Mark does not go for perfect, by, by the way. No. I was just all action... 99 action, 1% planning. Yeah. Then Chelsea comes in with the planning. Yeah. Like, well, if, That's if why we link up so well together. <laughs> if we're going to put a logo on something, it's got to look pretty. It's got to look cute. Everything has to look the same. And so I think that's kind of where I helped you in the beginning was with making you look professional instead of just, like, going out there. Because you love doing that. I love doing that, That was the part yeah. I just, like, why? It's a waste of time. Yeah. There's no need to do any of this. Just go. Yeah. Yeah, and so we kind of, we just got by, I think, that first year, and then the second year is when, um, I think, an employee at my dad's company had you do, like, a whole house remodel or something, mm -hmm. so you were able to, like, plant yourself at his house for a whole summer, yep. and it was like, okay, well, you know, we'll get by again. It was kind of like the first few years, like, praying that we could just get by, basically. Yeah. Basically, yeah, like, um. And, and we didn't know, we didn't know, like, you would hire an employee, and it was like, can you pay an employee? Like, this is crazy. We can't afford an employee. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you got out of that summer, and then um, and then we decided to do the home show. Yeah. And that's where that's we, right. um, and at that point, we had already, like, I think we had, like, a website. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had all, like, the marketing tools in place. Mm -hmm. um, we had started using maybe QuickBooks or something because at the beginning it was just like spreadsheets and file folders. and That's all you need. Yeah. Um, so then that next spring we did the home show, which is just a big um, like exhibit, I guess, for, for companies to display what they do and products and services. And um, you ended up just killing it, like... I th yeah, that's I think probably you, my first big move. Yeah, that was the best thing that I think. If we didn't do that, I don't think we you would have been operating that summer. Yeah. I think you got the majority of your jobs from that. Yeah, and that's that's really how we started. I mean, after I'd say after that home show, we had a whole summer's worth of bids to do, and we got some jobs. Um, Chelsea was from the service industry, so we tried to, like, out do what others were doing in the space, which in construction is usually very minimal. So we were on right. like Google SketchUp and I was drawing patios at night, rowing up best. So I was over exceeding customer expectations with what they would mm -hmm. get um, with Chelsea's help. And that's really like, she drove the brand and the marketing. So they started seeing this more. It was consistent. And then like, I didn't realize how big marketing was till it's like, all right, people resemble the plan. That's the concrete guy, the stamp concrete guy, yeah. the 
remodeled guy. So I, that yeah, was super important, I think, that you branded it right, and I thought it was kind of a waste of time. Yeah, you did. I would make, like, posters and stuff and put your logo all over it. and um, But that first home show, I do remember you, all you really knew was concrete and some, like, miscellaneous, like, handyman stuff. But you decided you're going to market stamp concrete. You remember this? Mm -hmm. And, like, you had never done stamp concrete. Yeah. And I was like, why would you, why would you market that? Like, you don't even know how to do that. And your whole thing was, well, no one else does it here. Find your niche. Yeah. Because if you can niche down, you can make the money. And we, all of a sudden, were like the stamp concrete, like, company. And, and I knew nothing about Nothing about, no. YouTube videos and some educational content. And I was the expert. Yeah. Marketed as the expert, right? So don't have to be the expert. Just know the niche. Know where your passion kind of lies. Yeah. So what would you tell someone like, the listener to this would be someone trying to start a business mm -hmm. or trying to get into something in business. Like you can see how our journey went. You've probably heard of other journeys. Like what, what in your perspective, like if someone was starting out today, like they made the decision tomorrow to quit mm -hmm. the job and they're going out on their own. What, what's step one? Starting like just, and don't look back, I would, I would say. Mm -hmm. Like, if you had something to fall back on, you probably wouldn't have pushed as hard as you did at the beginning. Absolutely. So, I would say just start. And when you start, like, full throttle, put 100% into it from the beginning. Do you got to have a plan? Or where, where are you? I mean, where do you in our experience, efforts? we didn't have a plan. We just figured it out and made it work. I mean, eventually, we kind of had to niche and see, you know, figure out what space we wanted to be in. But um, I would say find what you're good at too. Like it, you, you know, it has to be some of that too. Mm -hmm. um, you were really good. You've always been good at like talking to people and you were really good on like the sales side. You would explain jobs yeah. through from start to finish. And like, I think you have to be really good at um, connecting with people too, if mm -hmm. you're going to start something. Yeah, exceed their expectations. I think yeah. that was always like my thing going into a conversation. It was very simple. It's just like, how do I be better than Joe Schmo next to me yeah. contracting, right? Yeah. And the space is not filled with a bunch of guys like me. You know, I, I, yeah. I knew I could sell and present myself better right. and show that. So I did have that skill going yeah. for me. I think it all starts with sales, um, but it, it starts with a lot of action. I mean, I, <laughs> right. if, if you're not going to go, don't worry about the marketing. Don't worry about the website. Use social media. Use the platforms that are given to you organically. Um, we shot the yeah. podcast number two, kind of telling people how to market themselves. Um, we're doing this podcast with iPhones and all sorts of stuff behind us. It's not perfect. No. It's not what I envisioned to be what I wanted to do. It's not going to be perfect at the beginning. Um, you just have to go for it, I think. And you give, give the customer something that they don't already have. You know, yeah. give them... Um, add some value, I guess, to whatever you're presenting or value to their day or yeah. well, that's there's got to be that aspect. All yeah. we're gonna, what we're trying to do is provide new business owners value here on how to start. Start with action, take your, set a goal. Like I did have a goal after a little while, like right away it was just yes to everything. But then I started figuring out, uh, we're not making much on bathroom models, that's a no. Mm -hmm. um, but we're, we don't know how to stamp concrete, but there's a niche there. There's demand for it. Boom, we're the stamp concrete experts. I generate a lot of revenue because stamp concrete. 
today, I say no on that. You kind of, yeah. you have to adapt and learn to say no. All right, y'all, so you are living with an entrepreneur now. We fast forward from the beginning and how you start. Now we're on year 13 of this company we're talking about, Mac yeah. Construction, um, and now the Mac Companies. But let's just talk about, like, the background of, like, living with a person like me mm-hmm. who's, we, we talked a lot about the nine months, what you learned. What have you learned and how do you handle an entrepreneur living beside you for 13 years? Kind of, kind of speed up to the. So like, um, what's the challenges of me? There's many. <laughs> many yeah. I, this could go on for a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, nothing. Tell is, the viewers how it is. That's really yeah. what they want to know. Um, nothing is ever like good enough for you. Like, there's always the next thing and the next thing, and we need to be on the next level and next, and it's just constant. And that's for me. I can sit back and, you know, again, just comfortable, um, and you're not. <laughs> it's like you don't like being comfortable. So. I just, I've made myself so uncomfortable for so long. I like that area, and I like the way it's it like makes you're, me feel. It's like you're almost uncomfortable being comfortable. Like, it's, you feel, um, when there's, like, steady pace, it's like you don't like that. Um so that's very hard. That's a challenge because, um, well, and then having kids involved, you know, it's like I want to have a steady pace and, you know, comfort, comfortable environment for them where it's always, you know, we got to figure out what the next thing, next thing is. Um, but it is always exciting, I guess. Um, you know, we do things and go to places that I, you know, I would never have done that on my own, so that's probably a good thing. And Um, you like to go places. I do. So she likes to get out of her comfort zone of home, but yet she would rather be... I'd like to do the uncomfortable stuff. That's just where I come from. I just like to... I like improving myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, live in that constant world of... There's always a new level. And there's always, yeah. I'm always curious what that new level is like. And, and, and that's really my core purpose. Like, yeah. that's what I, so that's why it drives me. Yeah. And it's just always the, like, what's next? What's next? You know, um, like, we can never just be good. Like, for me, like, I could probably drive the same car for, like, 15 years. And you like to, like, switch my car out every, like, three years. <laughs> you know. Um. You know, and it's things like that on the daily. Um, just when I think like, okay, we're, you know, good here. We're comfortable here. Well, then it's, we got to change something, you know. And on the business side, so then we're working together too. And it's like constantly changing. And then um, I've always been kind of the support for for you and whatever your visions are. So mm-hmm. then, you know, when your vision's go from here to over here, then I have to try and navigate over there. So it's it's always trying to, like, catch up to you, mm-hmm. always. Yeah, um, and you don't always, like, understand, like, it takes a little bit longer for other people to get to where you're at. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a visionary who lives in The Gap. I'm reading the book, The Gap and the Gain. Um, and uh, I always kind of move the bar before I even get to it. Yeah. I still level up. But I keep raising the bar quicker. 
And then you guys are right behind me trying to quit, catch up in operations, your detail-oriented person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say you're my first, like, real operator or, like, detail-oriented person trying to keep up with my vision. Um, but it's I'm just after constant improvement and, and constant, I, you know, I adapt or die type mentality, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think that's, I mean... You're the first operator. I mean, you're the only reason that we're here today and have the brand that we do today and, and we are the people who we do today, you know. But, um, you know, tell, tell them, okay, so we've had this company for 13 years. Mm-hmm. We've built not only like a little mini company empire, but we've also built some kids. And, um, you know, tell us, tell us about all our kids because I think they're all unique in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're very passionate about our kids. And... And being around them, being mom, like that's one of yeah. your big deals. So yeah. maybe tell, you know, we're not just business here. It's not like the kids are just like being watched by an Annie all day and we no. abandon ship on them. Um, but Chelsea's super involved with our kids and, and kind of explain the yeah. age of each one, maybe start out with the oldest and, and work your way through here. And Yeah, so we have our oldest is Stella. She's nine. She's in third grade. Um, she is very much resembles you. I feel like she's, if, if she's either one of us, she's more, leans more towards you in that she's. She has an eight pack like me. <laughs> she does have an eight pack. She's, <laughs> yeah. This girl's a beast, by the way. And when she said Stella, she meant like, Stella! Yeah, like, that's, that is that's her mentality. Her. That's um, so Stella. You know she's in a room, like. She is the messiest person. It just pisses me off. But she's also, like, has the biggest heart, kind of like you. Like, she cares about everyone. Um, but she is so, like, motivated if she's into something. Um, yeah. Like, I've never seen a kid like that. Like, she, if she wants, like, this cheer thing, like, she wanted to be on this team. You know, she wanted, she wants to be the best tumbler. And, like, she is working on it. Yeah. Day and night. I mean, she's so motivated. Explain to me this cheer quick. Like, so she's like cheer to me, like from an outside viewer, I don't know what cheer is. Right. So how would they envision this? Well, kind of like the movie, bring it on sort Mm -hmm. of like they do these cheer competitions. And so it's like, they have a team, but they go to these competitions and it's dancing and tumbling and, and stunting. So you're like throwing a girl up in the air, that type of stuff. Um, so you're kind of like incorporating gymnastics and dance, and you're doing it at these competitions. All right. So do I tell us about the middle child? <laughs> the middle what? child, Lola. Yeah. She is. A long lost, forgotten Lola. No, she's not forgotten. No. She's seven she's in second grade. Um, I would say Lola's more like me. Um, she's very organized, particular. Um, we always joke about her OCD because everything has to be, like, in order, lined up. Like, oh, she has to go through the same motions every morning to get out the door. Otherwise, it's she's crying. Um, but she's very, um, how do I explain her? Competitive? She's very competitive, yes. Yes. Chelsea 2.0? Yes. So, like, <laughs> the girls will get their report cards and instead of, like, how did I do it? Well, did I do better than Stella? 
You know, it's that's how yeah, she is. I love that girl. Clean, <laughs> She's organized. very clean. I mean, her room is like to a T at all moments. And if one thing is moved, she knows it's moved. Um, yeah. Um, she, yeah, she's competitive. So she likes basketball, volleyball. Yeah. Um, when she's on that basketball court, it's like I would not want to be the girl that she's guarding because she is, she is. on her. Yeah, she absolutely um, devours. Yeah, but she's. She's a good friend. She's really, she's good about um, make, making a lot of friends. And so she's, she's not a forgotten one. She's actually like my little mama too. So she takes care of Knox, who is our youngest. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. We got Noxie too. Yeah, so he is two, two and a half now. Um, and he's a good combination of both of them, I think. Mm -hmm. um, he... I mean, he's the youngest and a boy, so, like, he pretty much gets, like, all the attention right now. Um, anything he wants, he gets. <laughs> he's third child, yeah. and so... Lola is like you that caters to his every little need. Yeah. Like, you're very much a service-type person, and... Yeah. She is spoiled with her. Yeah, he knows, like, I'm going to ask mom for something. Mom's going to say no. Well, then I'm, I'm going to go to Lola. She's going she's gonna to give me whatever I want. Um... But yeah, he's just fun. He's talking so much now and running around, and um, he's just such a boy. His favorite thing is monster trucks, and um, yeah, he's he's fun. Yeah, monster trucks! Like, the kid just lives and breathes monster trucks. <laughs> um, okay, let's shift into, like, a how do we, as a couple, then, we, we run lots of businesses, lots of employees hard to take care of everyone but um it's all comes around to what we set as goals you and i annually um you know kind of explain how we set some goals together because again it brings you out of your comfort zone and i know you don't like it's not it's not easy to do that but we yeah um you know how, do, how what's your view on that i guess and and how do we you know what do the goals really do for us why is it important to do it um, I mean, we didn't always do the goal thing. No. It, we just kind of ran free sometimes, and it didn't work out. So I would say when we start, we started setting goals, it was, it just got everyone on the same page, I think. Yeah. Um, and it made us just have those conversations that, you know, okay, at the end of the year, like, what's the best case scenario? Like, what do we actually want to see? And it put us all on the same page. Not only just for us, but for the family, for kids. Yeah. Um, and then we talk about it with them. So I think last year our goal, if they hit, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was the end goal was we got to go to Disney World. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and that was like in the back of their mind all the time. Yeah. Um, so I think it just, it gives each person something to achieve, like it's, you always looking into the future instead of like I'm very much just want to be present. Yeah. Um, I don't like setting goals necessarily because, again, it brings you out of the comfort. It's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, it makes you responsible for something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No one wants to be accountable. No. Um, that's, a, that's a key thing. But at the end of the day, it it is I would say the best thing that we could do. Yeah. Um, so it is it is helpful. Right. Um, I love, and it gives you accountability. I don't care if you don't have a spouse or you, whatever you have, a girlfriend, a grandma, t 
Tell them your goals. It's amazing when you tell someone else your goals and where you want to go. Um, I just do it with Chelsea and I, but I tell others. Um, it's amazing how much more often you would accomplish those goals. It's, it keeps you accountability inside. Um, if I post my goals online, there's other people cheering me on. Mark, do this. Mark, do that. Because you need that support because not every day is easy. Um, and, and it's yeah. uncomfortable. Um, for sure, because you don't want to fail on your goals. Now, you may fail at them, but you will give your best effort. Like, that's, yeah. to me, like, I know it's uncomfortable for you. That's why we do it together. Um, yeah. But she knows where I want to go, and I know what she wants out of this, right? So Yeah, yeah and it helps, like, having, you know, him being the, the visionary, and, you know, he'll say stuff like, well, I want to grow the company to this, or I want to add this. And I wouldn't have known that unless we talked about those goals, too. Absolutely. He would have just, like came up with it and then I would have been blindsided yeah but I think it helps with the kids too I mean we're kind of giving them like little goals with the chore Mm -hmm. sheets you know they have a goal if they can get all their stickers in that day they get a bonus and then at the week if they get all their stickers and they get paid you know their um allowance so giving them little goals I think is is easier for them yeah, you got to track. You got to set a goal a year goal, but you got to track them in fifty-two weeks. Yeah. You can't just track it at the end of the year because you're never going to hit the goal then. Yeah. You need to baby step it. How do I get? What's the path to get there? So, explain that. Okay, a little bit with our kids. Why do we pay them for allowance? Because many parents view that differently. Well, I'm not going to pay for my kids for allowance. They just have to do the chores. Okay, well that's your view. Um, um, but we want our kids to value money. We we talk to them all the time about money. We, 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 our goal with the chore chart, we're like, my goal was to say, all right, I'll pay you. Cause we weren't getting chores done. We're chores, on nagging no. on them. And, and it was just like, my gosh, girls, yeah. can we just get this done? And then instead we made this chore chart and each time they get a sticker, they get a quarter. And if they get them all, they quarter, get a dollar bonus. A quarter for each sticker. Yep. Yeah. And so now we make them pay for everything. So them paying for everything makes us as parents not pay for everything so now they're realizing like what is what are some other girls you were telling me oh yeah you go to the mall with them they spend their allowance money lola Lola, she makes sure she gets all her chores done every week and she wants that dollar bonus well she some weeks she ends up with like 17 18 dollars yeah and so um she asked mom can you take me to claire's i said okay did you want to spend severe allowance money yeah okay so I brought both of them to Claire's and I said, bring your wallets because I'm not, you know, I'm not paying for anything. This is your money to spend. So, um, will they start looking at the prices of things now? As before, it was like, yeah. mom, I want this. I want this. Why can't I have this? <laughs> you know, and they, they had like 10 things in their cart and now they're, you know, asking how much does this cost? Well, what, you know, and Lola wanted these sunglasses and they were $20. Oh, wow. And she said, well, these are not worth $20. I said, yeah, yeah they're kind of expensive right. for sun- cheap sunglasses. Well, you know, she wanted me to pay for them. I said, I'm not paying for anything. This is your allowance money. And she said, okay, I guess I don't need them that bad. And, you know, she'll put them back. And Stella, who used to be, she's like a hoarder kind of. She just, like, loves things. <laughs> oh, gosh, that girl. Um, she would have had 20 things in her basket asking me to pay for all of them. And now, you know, she, she knows she has to spend her money. And she's realizing, you know, this crap is not The worth value it. is junk. Yeah. And so they're very, like, 
careful about spending their money now. Like it's got to be on things that they need or things that they really, really want. Or they're like comparing like Lola loves fake nails. Yeah, yeah. So she knows like, well, I can get, you know, the same set of fake nails at this store for like $2. Yep. Well, this one, they have them for $6. So I'm not going to, you know. Maximize the value. Yeah. So, and they're, they do their chores because they're, they want that money at the end of the week. Yeah. And, yes. and so it's like, you have to give them some incentive um, to get their chores done and they have to do them good. Otherwise they won't get right. the sticker. How was that different than a year ago if you just took them to Claire's or some of these? Oh, I mean, they would just expect me to, you know, pay for everything. And then there would be a fight about what they can have and can't have. And then it would be a fight about how many things she got versus she got. Yeah. Um, it was always a fight. But now, and, and they always ask to go to Starbucks. Oh, and, yeah. you know, and they want Cheers these, health. like, $5 drinks. And now, if they want Starbucks, they have to pay for it with their own money. And now they're starting to realize, like, maybe Starbucks is kind of expensive. Yeah, like, McDonald's coffee is, like, <laughs> starting to look really good. Like, maybe we don't need to go to Starbucks all the time. So it's just getting them thinking, like, they're in the real world. Like, I, we don't want to push them into the real world and not, yeah. you know, give them these experiences. Like, we can at least talk to them about these things now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's okay. been good. Yeah. Before, we would have them do chores. You know, there wasn't we'll anything tied to it. No. They just were you know, expected to do them yeah. and they weren't doing them and they were doing them poorly. It, there was just, it didn't work out. So I hope that speaks to all you mothers out there because it's like, it is reverse psychology, but our girls were motivated with money. And if I can pay them 18 to $20 a week and then they have to buy all their own stuff, it actually turns out to be significantly cheaper on us. It does. And those kids are very much happier today because they get to buy what they want. Mm -hmm. So, um, and you know that, they're buying things that they actually want because they have to spend their money on it. It's yeah. not just like junk because they think it is fun or right. something. Yeah. I, they got to maximize their dollars. It's yeah. so important. So they're learning a lot of things that other kids are not right now. Um, so if you want that comment below, we have a chore chart, chore chart that I will share with you. And it's worked um, miraculously for us. Yeah. And they pretty, they can get their chores done at the end of the night. I mean, I would say they work hard for an hour or you know, they can. Oh, a tear comes to my eye every time Stella's washing dishes and, and vacuuming the kitchen floor because that girl's such a mess. Yeah. Um, and she loves it. She gets her little paycheck at the end of every Sunday. you got to pay the kids. Every Sunday's payday. So um, it's so important. But let's, uh, let's move into, um, and this might, wanna be, might be a little deep for you, but I just want to know, okay, we're going to wrap up. What is your envision of yourself? What's a ver a version of yourself you want to see in five years. Where do you want to see yourself in five years from now? I know that's putting mm -hmm. you on your spot, but this is supposed to be for that. I'm very uncomfortable for her because she doesn't like to make goals. What, what's your envisionment of Chelsea in five years? You're going to be like, I don't know, 27. You're really putting me on the spot. I know. I'm going to be 27. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, see, my mind automatically goes to like momhood and my kids because I start thinking like okay what are the age going to be my kids where are we going to be at with them because I always put myself in that situation first mm -hmm. um so with our kids being a little bit older um you know I see us doing more with their activities and stuff but then also um get we'll have more time I guess in the work week versus how we do now with 
you know, daycare and yeah. all that stuff. Um, so in five years, I mean, literally I didn't, two years ago, I would have never said I am running a property management company because I would never, ever want to do that. Mm -hmm. But here I am. And now it's actually running smoothly. And I feel like um, it's taken us two years to kind of get where we're at. Um, I would definitely say I, I hope that um, we own more properties that we are managing and running. Um, I like that. I, in five years, I would love to expand ourselves into other regions. Like, I would love to have other properties in mm -hmm. other states. With sun. With sun warm. that's warm, maybe. Chelsea's always vision. It's sun and warm. Just get me to the warm. She's like an iguana. Just put me on the beach. <laughs> um, I would say that is a goal of mine and ours, is to maybe eventually have some properties elsewhere like that. Okay. Um, I would love to get our kids more involved too. Like we have our our property down the street from us, and I love getting their input. Like we, you know, we did some exterior work on on that building. We painted it. I let the kids pick out the paint color. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, this summer, I'm gonna let them like you know pick out all the landscaping to put around the the building. So I would say getting them more involved. That's not really like a specific goal, but um, maybe getting them. I don't know. They're foot in the water a little bit with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I hope our property management company has expanded too. I mean, I, I feel like we're kind of building a team and we, we're getting to a place where we can, you know, probably add more employees and yeah. grow that. And I feel like um, we have the right people now and I feel like we could definitely add more and it could run smoothly. Um, of course, we're working on systems and processes on that. So I feel like once we kind of hammer all of that out, I'll feel comfortable with that. Um, I see Matt Construction growing. Um, I see us like in a new office. Um, also in probably more markets than just Grand Forks. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, I've never asked her this question no. ever. So this is like, this is, really this is all hard. news to me. Um, I mean, we talk about five-year goals for Mac construction in our EOS, but, yeah. um, well, those are all great. I mean, uh, like I said, I've never even heard some of those. So that's, it's interesting yeah. to see where your vision is at as an operator and, and going south. And, um, I think one that you haven't talked about that I want to just end on here is, um, and I know it makes you uncomfortable, but I, I want to talk about... You have to ask me all the uncomfortable questions. I have to ask the uncomfortable questions. That's why I do this. That's what I love doing. So what is the Blonde Tribe? Oh, my God. It's not even like a thing yet, so... Tell us. That's probably in the five-year vision, though. Yeah. You didn't talk about it. Well... And I know that I'm one very probably like... makes you the most excited. I know you love property management to death, but... <laughs> Because I'm tell still like teetering back and forth on actually doing well, it versus us, not doing it. Tell us what the vision is quickly and so, why you're doing it. So the vision would be kind of like, and I know this is like blogging and all that stuff, and it's like people have been blogging for how many years, yep. but it that would kind of be a platform of it, but it's more like sharing, um, and it, not just myself, but like with 
my blonde tribe, my, my kids, getting them involved yeah. and doing like tutorials and us, you know, going on trips and just adding value or giving people value for things that we do because we're, mm-hmm. we're always asked a lot of questions. Absolutely. All the time. Um, and so just having kind of that space to just like showcase our lives kind yeah. of. But it's, it's a thing that I'm teetering on because it's like, I know I have to go all in on it once I do. Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's going to be um, a constant. You got to get a team built out. Right. Yeah. So the Blonde Tribe is, yeah, it was basically would just consist of me and my kids, probably you a little bit here and there, but more so um, sharing our lives, recipes, hair tutorials, oh, decorating. My kids love to decorate, too. They get that from me. So, okay, okay. So, I mean, we're, like, changing their rooms. We're every... back to square one, decorating. Yeah, so Chelsea's we're... phenomenal at this. She just got her own nailers and all the all stuff. I don't yeah. help her with all this I've, stuff. I've always been, like, a DIY person. Like, if I want to redo a room, I, I'll do it. Um, right now, the, the issue has been just finding the time to do it with kids and work and yeah. you know I used to just do things at night or on the weekends well it's, I don't really have that anymore so um yeah I mean that would be I think it would be fun and I would get our kids involved yeah. helping and like showcasing what they love to do too and getting them um curious about other things so um maybe we'll see We'll see if that takes off. Yeah, you you got an eye for interior decorating. I think that's why a lot of people follow you. Um, I think they follow you for your kids and how you how you view life. You, um, I think you live in the present, which a lot of people, like myself, struggle with more or less. But like it's, uh, I think it'd be a cool vlog where it can help a lot of people provide value as business entrepreneurs. Where I'm very much a visionary, very much an operator type yeah. service um, person. So we just trying to provide value and help others and yeah. hopefully inspire other people. I think, I think the blonde tribe is super awesome. I don't think you should deviate from that plan, but I was hoping you would bring that up in the five. I, I did learn that you wanted property management. So I guess maybe that's more, more inspiring for you. Yeah. Um, but okay. Well, this is Chelsea Kuhn. This is my wife. You should follow her. Um, and um, where would we follow you if we were to follow the Bond Tribe? Where would you come out first as a premiere? Um, where can they find you? We'll, well link it below. We will have an Instagram page. Ooh, okay. Instagram. We will have a website. Boom. That sounds late. <laughs> okay. Get us in. Uh, Give us. You know how I work, though. Like, everything has to be very organized and. Yeah, Perfect. lots of planning yeah. and not as much action. Yeah, I need to take my own advice and just go for it. <laughs> she said it. She said it. Um, YouTube or? Yeah, there'll be YouTube. Pinterest. Okay. Oh, um, that is a good one. Yeah. We were Pinterest. talking, Jen and I were talking about that. We yeah. we love where Pinterest is going. Which uh, I'm pretty sure I've been telling you guys about Pinterest for like five years, but. We don't always listen. You don't listen. Chelsea, I know. You guys listen. don't listen all the time. Yeah, we're terrible. So those will probably be the four main. Um, and then we'll just see. Okay. Okay. And um, so like Chelsea below, um, we will try to tag the Blonde Tribe page below. So follow, subscribe to this channel. We're going to provide more value on everything on Follow the Herd, right? Like we talked about the path of just kind of building your own path. We didn't go with a planned course. 
Um, we took a step outside of the comfort zone, even though Chelsea doesn't love that. That's her view. But once you veer off, you guys can create your own paths. There's many ways out there to do it. You have to spend a lot of time in action coming from Chelsea. And hopefully we will see the Blonde Tribe very soon. Guys, please like and subscribe. Share this with somebody. Um, I will see you in episode four.